0: Gestating the Curious Minds involves adult themes and situations. Just a warning.
1: There she is.
0: Welcome to Gestating the Curious Minds, where we froth the milk of the steamy latte that is the written word. We are your entertainers, Glenn and Gertie Nuzzles, allow us to shine a light on the process of creation for the most splendiferous fiction genre, paranormal smut. Paranormal smut.
1: So in this story, we haven't really figured out where the smut's going to come in, except that the ghost is going to go down on someone. You haven't read... (laughs) Oh, I haven't read it yet, no.
0: (laughs) I was feeling spicy this morning. Were you? Wow.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that you're the one that's uh, doing all the work on
0: this (laughs) podcast,
1: because then I get to just uh, have the delight of reading it for the first time. Um... Is there anything we open the show with? I have a segment I've decided that we should do.
0: Oh, what's the segment?
1: The segment's called What Did We Watch and Why Did It Suck
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's Succinct. I like it. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Perfect. No puns necessary here. We are getting right to the point. Yeah.
1: Do you uh do you know what we watched today that sucked and why it sucked?
0: Oh, what is it called? Uh twenty eight 28 day paranormal.
1: 28 haunted days, twenty eight days haunted, something Something like that on Netflix.
0: It's on Netflix. Uh, not to be confused with the excellent horror movie Twenty Eight Days Later. Nope. It's more Ed and Lorraine Warren bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: Christian superheroes. Yeah. You said that. Did you get that from somewhere? Because you said that to me once, and I like that is genius. That's exactly what that's all about
0: colloquially. All of the Conjuring. Yeah, Movies like The Conjuring Universe, mm-hmm. they are kind of tongue-in-cheek known as Christian superheroes. Is it really? I yeah. have not heard that. Because about if you movies. look at the actual stories of mm-hmm. these things, the Warrens have nearly nothing to do with them. Uh, or if they do, they make it worse. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, these movies really make them look like something completely different from what they actually were. Yeah. I have beef with the Warrens.
1: Well, we learned today that the Warrens, uh, there is an article written about how he, uh, Ed used to beat Lorraine regularly, Mm. and that Ed molested a young girl on one of their cases, and the girl had the same name as their daughter or something. I don't know if that's a thing that's really connected or not, but, uh, and then Lorraine's solution for that was to invite this girl to live in an apartment above from them so that for the next 40 years he could continue to molest her. Uh, And then the girl came out later. I guess she came out later only because these movies are being made about them. She didn't want to talk about it. It was it was happened to her at a time where she wasn't going to get any justice anyway, so she was just like, I'm just going to try and put this behind me, which is sad. It's not good. But uh, in the end um, she only came out and said anything because these movies are glorifying these two horrible con men. Yeah. And uh and that's all she wanted was just for people to know that they're not good people. <laughs>
0: so they're not. And Lorraine was in the first conjuring.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh she's in the uh oh, the one actual? of the front seats. Yeah, Lorraine Warren alive Ugh. was sitting in one of the front seats. So they gave her a cameo and all and everything. <clears throat> And they focused on their love story in one of them. It's, yeah.
1: it was It's pretty weak. It's horse shit when you watch it, but then when you learn more about the people, you more... Well, anyways, that's not the point. Today, we watched 28, <laughs> like, Haunted Days or whatever it's called Yeah, or whatever. Uh, so, the
0: Warrens had this theory that demonic possessions and hauntings worked in 28-day cycles. <laughs> For so, real? Is that actually something they thought? Probably not. Um, that's what this uh, Netflix series mm-hmm. is uh, asserting. So... They blindfold these uh, paranormal investigators and sensitives. But none of, them, are pan- relate,
1: none of them know each other. Yes, yeah, they're, so they're not up teams.
0: Yeah. And they just dump them at these apparently haunted locations. And then they have to work together. And it's, as you would expect, a hokey pandemonium. It's real bad. Real funny, but real, real bad.
1: Everyone's... So we couldn't tell if the show was a bunch of just doofuses, and they're all kind of showboating. They all think that this is their chance to finally get their own series or something. So they're all trying to outdo each other with who's getting pinched and slapped by ghosts the most. Yeah. And I was saying, if if you were to take... Uh, anyone from the like from back in the 2000s like Ghost Adventures and whatever else uh, they were pretty boring they're like we have these machines that read like they do EVPs we have these things that do electromagnetic whatever And they just kind of walk around and ask questions, and they're pretty boring. If you would have taken that and stuck it in a home for 28 days, there might be some stuff said or done that was actually like, ooh, kind of spooky. Here, everyone's trying so hard to be like, oh, I got slapped again. (laughs) I'm the one that got attacked the most. You got it easy, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, the two in Colorado were literally standing outside at 3 in the morning Mm -hmm. fighting about who was more of a victim in the situation. (laughs) Yeah. like but without trying to say it because they all know.
1: Mhm. Oh no, they so know So stupid. We couldn't so we couldn't tell if they believed what they were doing and also they were showboating, maybe they didn't believe it. But then but so then it was like then there was one where this one woman in a different location with the team it was her and two other guys. She refused to she was a medium, so she refused to open herself up too much to the dark evilness in the house. Because she's like, it's dangerous. I'm not gonna do it. But the two guys who aren't psychics or anything, or mediums, they they were like, you gotta you gotta be a team player, and you're holding back, and we're not getting any evidence because of you. But it's like it's a psychic. It's not evidence. Yeah. Uh, and so one guy goes, fine, fuck it. So he gets a, a deprivation chamber or whatever. Um, it's a
0: kiddie pool with a tent.
1: Yeah, it's just a tent with some it. water in it. So he's just laying in the water. There's not enough water to float. He's just laying in a pool of water. And he starts just announcing stuff, like, I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing that, and this person was murdered in this house, and this, this man who murdered them went on to murder others, and, and it was just like, okay, so you went from not having any psychic abilities to just being able to call all this shit out. In a tent where you can hear everyone outside, and they can hear you, it's no deprivation for sensory at all, like, no. you're just in a tent full of water. So he was just lying, clearly. Yeah.
0: Just main character syndrome.
1: And then, yeah, and then after that, uh, this poor psychic lady was just kind of pushed to the side. You could see she kind of had a crabby face. As he was like, they'd sit down and have a say. Like, now we're having a seance. I've decided on the leader and we're having a seance. And, oh, oh, I'm getting a vision of this. And he's got all this really specific information.
0: And the whole time she's just looking at him.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's and like, so what are
0: you doing?
1: I was kind of thinking maybe it's a, a bunch <laughs> of well-meaning doofuses. Like, nothing's happening in these houses and they're just, lying, whatever, and some people believe that they're there for the right reasons. But at the end of the series, we found out, oh no, this is all scripted. When a different team which just one man and one woman, he was supposed to be a demonologist casting out the evil, but there was always a doubt if he actually
0: got uh, possessed. Yeah, apparently he had symptoms of possession.
1: Yeah, which is headaches. Being sleepy.
0: <laughs> being He was sleepy. <laughs> he was sleepy. He took a lot of naps. He also apparently had a the signs of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. They didn't specify which. Yep. They just said, oh, you know, he has the signs of a heart attack. They showed him walk into an ER Mm -hmm. and then he was discharged and they're like, the doctor said that have never seen anything like it. And I'm like, they see shit like that all the time. Yeah. The number of times that I've sent people to the ER thinking they're having a heart attack and mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, right. But you still, you want to be safe rather than sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all the time, buddy. That's mm-hmm. constant.
1: Yeah, they were like, they've never, they can't find a source for my heart attack-like symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just like, it was a panic attack.
0: <laughs> it was obviously a panic attack. Also, look at this man.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was very unhealthy. He,
0: yeah. Like, constantly. He and... Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, his skin did not look well. He looked like a man who was on the verge of having a heart attack. So
1: for sure. Uh, But at the very, very end, they wind up, they, they claim that they cleared out the house of the evil demons and, uh, and all the teams failed in what they did and they all lied. But then this last, these, this two, uh, they go to the grave of the people that lived in the house and she's like, well, it's just so powerful being here. I'm so glad we could help them. And we cast the demons out. And then as they're walking away, there's a different camera angle cuts to the guy who looks side eye at the camera and kind of smiles as if kinda he's got possessed
0: <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> and i'm like oh the
1: entire thing was fake like none of this is real they're oh, all actors
0: that so uh, was really
1: bad that's a lot of fun well let's read the story <laughs> <clears throat> chapter 2 but we're not calling by chapter names it's november 29th 2021 Bethany could feel the sticky bar top beneath her naked back. (laughs) Oh, you do dive right into this. She inhaled sharply and arched her back, ignoring the fart sound created when her skin separated from the plastic coated wood. (laughs) Genius. She couldn't focus on that anyway, not uh, when she was experiencing love nips from the sexiest vampire she had ever seen. Gerard Way from My Chemical (laughs) Romance, who was, of course, a vampire, was treating her thighs to a delightful sensory experience of mixed pleasure and pain. I vaunt to suck your puss. (laughs) You used it. You used our earlier conversation in your story. That's amazing. Jerry grumbled, Bethany shivered, and made eye contact with the ebony-haired rock star. Just after these messages from our sponsors, do you want to be a reality reality mogul, sign up for my exclusive seminar. Bethany peeled her eyes open. Her vintage clock radio had gone off, dragging her from the precipice of sensuality. She smacked her lips, uh, trying to understand why anyone in 2005 wanted to listen to a radio in order to wake up, and then remembered that she was committed to the pit, and (laughs) would not accept any (laughs) criticism, especially not from herself. (laughs) Let's go, sleepyheads. We need to start getting ready for the concert tonight. Lucretia was leaning against her doorframe. Lucretia was already dressed in black and lime green bondage, trip pants with zippers down the thighs, and a black fishnet long sleeve shirt that she had hooked her thumbs through. I need your opinion on whether or not I should put a t-shirt over this. Lucretia's dark brown hair had blue streaks in it and were pulled up into space buns except for her swept bangs framing her hazel eyes. Bethany stretched and climbed out of bed, turning her attention first to her own image in the mirror. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and then her raven hair was heavily layered and teased from yesterday. She wouldn't have to restyle it. She would, however, need a good deal of eyeliner if she was going to look good enough to leave her apartment. When is Charles supposed to be here to pick us up? Charles was a friend of theirs. He had plenty of family money to buy them tickets to my Chemical Romance concert tonight. He was also a kleptomaniac, which Brittany admired. Maybe tonight she would blossom as the criminal she longed to be. Uh, probably around five, I want to get a good spot in the pit. <laughs> Bethany glanced at her twilight clock, where Edward grinned four times. <laughs> that only left her with an hour to get ready! Exclamation <laughs> point. After a mad rush of hairspray and eyeliner, the women were tumbling into Charles's car and happily on their way to the concert. Charles drove a BMW hearse because he was goth, And Rich. His glossy midnight (laughs) hair swept over his face. He was a fan of 2005 as well as Bethany, and soon they were jumping up and down on the main floor of the concert venue. But even though My Chemical Romance was playing their hit song Teenagers, (laughs) Bethany just couldn't pull out of her funk. (laughs) You should be spry today with those shoes, Smithy, Charles noted. I've never known you to choose practicality and comfort over aesthetics. Uh, what's with the converse? Bethany pointed her converse, uh, encased toes toward each other in a very k- kawaii way. Am I saying it right? Kawaii. Kawaii. I do know what that means. I'm just not sure if I'm saying it right when I see it spelled out. Uh, it's all Tom York's fault. He destroyed my ashes, 70 peep toe iridescent demonias. The creature's ears perked up, but she did not say anything. He kicked me out, uh, the other day just because I wanted to use the twirling lady as my criminal lair. But he won't let me. Bethany's middle aged teen angst was kicking <laughs> up a few notches, and surrounding concertgoers were starting to flee the smell of eggs. Charles pinched his nose. Not only that, Bethany continued, stomping her foot, I tried to steal that tip jar off the merch table, and the lady slapped my hand. I'm humiliated. Charles grinned devilishly and opened one side of his trip bondage blazer. <laughs> This tip jar The jar was tucked into our comically large pocket And <laughs> Bethany was surprised she had This is amazing Was surprised she hadn't <laughs> seen the bulge from the front She was truly terrible at spotting crime Don't worry, uh, I'll buy you new demonias Bethany stopped jumping. Do you know how it feels to want to be the perfect criminal, but you can never be uh, good enough? Lucretia patted her shoulder. Tom is making my life so bad, and that's counting the dead parents. (laughs) 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 Charles shrugged. I mean, you can always steal something from him. Uh, Take back some of that power. Steal what? The bar is a trailer, and the menorah is plastic. Lucretia was rolling her eyes. Charles pushed his sable hair from his eyes. I don't know, dude. Steal the whole bar? Bethany and Lucretia froze. Of course, the whole bar. <laughs> we'll need a team, Bethany murmured excitedly. It's going to be a heist, like Ocean's Eleven. Do you guys think I should dye my hair vermilion? Charles was looking at his <laughs> hair in the reflection of his mirrored sunglasses. For the first time in her life, Bethany truly watched. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> Honey, you did such an amazing job. <laughs> that was ridiculous.
0: That's the stupidest thing I've ever written, and oh, I love my it. Oh my
1: God, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> For the first time in her
1: life, she truly moshed.
0: So now it's November 30th. So I think what we wanted to do, and I think we have a list around here... Because you know how uh, in the Oceans movies, you'll basically see the whole heist Mm -hmm. before they're kind of doing it or while they're doing it. But then something always goes wrong. Yeah. I want to try to do something like that, which is really difficult to do with the written word. Mm -hmm. You kind of need that visual medium. Because we were going to give everyone kind of their own uh, chapter. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be expanding on Charles Ridgway. Okay. Um, and explaining why he is the person for the job. So we've already introduced that he is also a goth. He's a rich goth.
1: hmm And he just likes the thrill of stealing. He
0: likes the thrill of stealing.
1: What was his skill again? I forgot. It's like he's
0: a kleptomaniac.
1: That's all his skill is.
0: <laughs> yeah, he loves the thrill of stealing, and he's rich.
1: Okay. We could... Okay, here's my idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what you've got. I, I think since he's rich, he's not good at stealing because nothing is terrifying for him. Uh, unlike being poor in stealing and then you get caught stealing and you get in trouble with the police and you have to go to, like, juvie stuff or whatever. He could have a history. You just write about his history. Like, when he was nine, the first time he ever stole a G.I. Joe action figure, uh, they caught him, but he paid them $50 to keep quiet. Actually, he's just paying for the item plus more. (laughs) And then we can go through all of his stealing scenarios where every time he tries to steal anything, like a car... Or maybe he steals, like, a bunch of, like, he finally decides he works his way up to stealing money from a bank or something. But every time he winds up getting caught, but he pays off people to not say anything. But all he's doing is just paying for what he stole plus some.
0: That is hilarious.
1: Okay, so then in this case, he's not useful because, I mean, he could even say it But he once. has no idea because he's... He thinks he's a master criminal. Or a master thief. But really, he just never gets caught because he keeps paying people. But he thinks he's giving everyone hush money like a mobster. (laughs) But really, he's just paying people to like... It's like, you stole $40 from me. Here's $80. And okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But um, so when it comes to Tom York, um, maybe when they're having their vulnerable moment, or maybe when they finally decide, like, we want to hire you. You're the best thief, you know, in this city or whatever of... Not forks. What is it called again? What city are they in? I forgot. It's Cutwater. So Cutwater. So they can say you're the best thief in Cutwater, and it's like he's like, I guarantee you, if I can get his bar hooked up to a Ford F-150, that thing will be ours for the taking. And then they'll say like what if you get caught and he's like I'll give Tom York some hush money to not talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> so they realize oh he'll do, he'll just pay for the bar. He's just going to buy the
0: bar. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no one I mean, maybe it's better if no one realizes he's just buying the bar like if you get caught yeah. the only there's no risk he'll just buy the bar if you get caught. They'll just be like wow he's important enough that he can pay people hush money even the owner of the bar. <laughs> right.
0: They just have no concept of what's actually happening here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cuz they're all in their own worlds. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, so we'll expand on his childhood a little bit. He's from a wealthy suburb of Kentucky. We decided at some point Mm -hmm. he's the hedonist archetype. Um.
1: Yeah, he's the hedonist archetype. So should we make him actually have real hedonism where he has orgies all the time and eats too much fruit? Or...
0: (laughs) Is his
1: idea of hedonism like... Out
0: of season fruit. He's wild, dude. <laughs> this is out of season.
1: <laughs> oh, I paid top dollar for this orange. <laughs> um,
0: Blueberries in the winter, dude? <laughs> exactly. That
1: can't be full of flavors Where'd you expect. This? He's like, don't worry, I'm getting them full They're of flavors. massive. We could have that be a thing. I was also thinking the other one would be like... He's like... Sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and I'll buy a whole thing of Hershey's bars, like a 12-pack, just for me, and I'll eat them. I'll eat them in an entire weekend or something. I don't know. What would be like a lady. Maybe he's hedonism? just
0: an addict. Like, he's a shopping addict. He's a glutton.
1: We uh, should make his hedonism... He's vain.
0: Like, he's kind of just all of the deadly sins.
1: We should make his, what he considers hedonism, just be that he has an addiction. Yeah. He has an addiction to kleptomaniac but he pays his way out of it he's also got what would be another addiction where it's like wow you're a
0: hedonist um like maybe she he should take them on a a shopping adventure Mm
1: -hmm. when they
0: formally invite him to be part of the heist he's like but we need the perfect outfits Mm -hmm. so they go shopping together Mm -hmm. and they're just like running through the mall you know, buying black turtlenecks, and then they go to Auntie Anne's, mm-hmm. and he eats, like, too many pretzels.
1: <laughs> Just a <laughs> glutton. We could be... <clears throat> okay, we could do that, where they're like, wow, you're buying pretzels for all of us? He's like, yeah, we all get to have four pretzels. Oh. And- and then they'll be like, you're a hedonist.
0: That's like $40 worth of pretzels. And then,
1: well, he's rich, so money's nothing. But then <laughs> they can say like, wow, you really take things to the max. And he's like, well, I am a hedonist. I do this usually two times a day. <laughs> Actually, it's like a problem. <laughs> it's not that it's hedonism that he's celebrating life. It's more it's just like he can't stop eating. <laughs> that is so funny. Same thing with shopping. They'll be like, wow, you're going to pay for this entire shopping excursion? He's like, oh, yeah, I go shopping at least five times a week, if not more. Sometimes I go three times a day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes the first shop of the day doesn't really do it for me. Exactly. You know, you got to hail Satan and go again. (laughs) And They just fail to recognize that he's just an addict.
1: They just think addiction is hedonism. There we go. We gave him a real thing.
0: And, of course, because they're middle-aged babies... Um, they think hedonism is just something really cool. Like they they just ascribe that word yeah. to excess and they don't really understand uh, the difference between.
1: No, that's a really good point. So they could do the shopping spree first and then at the end of it, um, at the mall, they'll go to like the, the food court and then he'll be like, you know, four giant pretzels for everyone, and they're like, "Wow, you know, your wealth is really made you whatever." And he'll be like, "It's hedonism," and then he'll talk about the philosophy of hedonism, but don't bother looking it up just make sure he gets it wrong. Just talk about addiction. But he's like, I've given up with your rules of society. I eat eight to 10 of these a day. I also drink three bottles of wine. <laughs> he just goes on, and he's just got this crazy addiction problem.
0: <laughs> but he's like, this—he's
1: made it a philosophy that he preaches to them about during the chapter at some point.
0: <laughs> that makes me really happy. I love that. You're like, okay, good. No, that's really funny. Um... So then on top of it, he's got this uh, problem with wanting to steal f- just for the thrill of it. Yeah. Uh, so he's an all-around kind of rough person to be friends with. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a rich goth, so they love him. <laughs> they love exactly. him. And then the mall, of <clears throat> course, is going to be the mall that I grew up in, the Rockaway Mall of New Jersey. Fine. Rockaway, New Jersey Mall. Or should it be the, the Mall of America?
1: No, Rockaway, New Jersey Mall is good. And of
0: course, I'm not going to say it because it's in Cutwater. It's in Cutwater,
1: Georgia. The Rockaway, New Jersey Mall in Cutwater because the mall (laughs) itself franchised. (laughs) It's called the Rockaway, New Jersey Mall and it's in Cutwater, Georgia.
0: (laughs) It's a, uh, what is it? A Simon Mall. The Rockaway, New Jersey Mall was bought by Simon.
1: Oh, I have I didn't know that malls could be branded yeah. like that. Yes. Well, they probably all are, but I never pay attention.
0: Yeah, so now it's uh it's like an AMC or
1: Oh sure. Right. Know. That's funny.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a franchise. Anyway. You can so, call it up
1: by its full name. You can, oh, so I was thinking when they're having their their pretzels, four per person.
0: They have to go to an FYE.
1: Yeah, you know what they could do? They could go to each store. So the way of him telling his life story about his thievery is every store they go to, he can talk about the first time I ever went to this store was when I was 12 years old and I stole these whatever pre-goth things or maybe just goth things because the 2000s and so then but then it's like he got caught and he paid for him basically but he doesn't say he paid off the front desk person to let him walk out with these boots or this shirt or whatever then they go to a different (laughs) store to buy some item that they need for the heist yeah like they go to um I can't think of the name of it the REI they go to REI uh, to get backpacks to hold all their grappling hooks and stuff. He goes, oh, the first time I went to the REI, I was 14. And I stole this, like, bicycle rack or something. But uh, Oh, they almost caught me, but I paid off the person to keep silent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then he tells the story of he his thieving past with every store, store they, they go, go to. Into. So then every store has got to have a purpose with their heist, basically, whether it's, like, great shoes that are perfect for sneaking, <laughs> and, like, a, a jacket so black, you know, even... You know, cameras can't see it or whatever it's going to be from some <laughs> gop jacket. Like, make sure it doesn't have too many studs on it. Because you <laughs> don't want the glistening. Because
0: reflective. <laughs>
1: exactly. And then he can tell a story about what he stole from there. And then by the end of their mall trip, um, when they're having their, their four pretzels per person, then they'll, he can talk about his hedonism and also, like, you know, another thing that I think holds true to the hedonist philosophy, the art of thievery! And then they'll be like, you're hired. <laughs> he's like I'm glad I'm hired I was the one that came up with the idea of stealing it to begin with <laughs> <laughs> he's like I, I already thought I was on your team I came up with the idea <laughs> I bought all this shit <laughs> exactly. I know I bought all the shit for your heist <laughs> I thought I was part of it you weren't going to include me
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a little hurt <laughs> exactly oh poor Charles
1: <laughs> so that makes for a pretty short episode for this show uh is there anything else we can put? We kind of have the chapter written. I know. <laughs> it's just about him, but Charles isn't worth like making like a 12-page thing out of. So I I don't know what else we can say about him.
0: I think this is going to be kind of a short book. Yeah, for it's sure. It's kind of to the point. Yeah. Um we just want to introduce him how he'd be good for the team, do a little uh, character expansion, some character growth, right? Yep. Uh, And then we're going to do that for a couple more characters, and then we're really going to get into the heist. So I can't imagine spending too much more time on poor Charles. But I think this is what we need because it sets us up to uh, have that vulnerable moment. We know where his Mm. weak points are now.
1: The vulnerable moment is maybe... for him we should almost like make these chapters in here and add notes at the top of each chapter but um like chapter pages I mean the vulnerable moment for him could be when he uh, realizes that he's, he's basically just been paying for the items he claims he stole so it would be a situation where it's like during their vulnerable moment in the vent or wherever they are where it's almost like breakfast club that they would say like I wonder if instead of paying people off, you were just paying for the item when they caught you. And then he's like, oh, oh, God. (laughs) Like it suddenly hits him like, I'm not a master thief after all. So everyone's vulnerable by the time they leave the ice locker or the vent or wherever they are where they have this breakfast club thing.
0: No, I think that's that's it, really.
1: Mateo's going to be tough. What are we going to say about Mateo in the next chapter? I don't know because we've already fleshed him out. We know his history unless him telling his backstory is just lies every time.
0: Uh, no, I like him lying every time. I think that's really funny. Uh, he could be the one kind of calling people out because he's a little bit of a bully.
1: Yeah. So he
0: could be the cause of the tense moment. Mm. And then they find a way to pull it together anyway. And then there's the final boss fight. You have
1: that Mateo goes down on someone in chapter six, their vulnerable moments. Um, we're not writing this obviously right now, but so he's bullying people. Maybe Mateo's the one that calls out, like you just paid for everything. Like you were caught and you paid for it. You didn't, give anyone hush money and then like for Lucretia whatever we wind up saying with her that's like she's not really skilled the way she says she is he calls out her and then maybe he calls out Bethany for like you don't even really have any skills why you just because you want the place why are you the ringleader and then um how does he what does he bully someone into trying to go down on them but then he sucks at it because his face just goes into their pelvis
0: (laughs) I think maybe he uses it at the last minute to save someone
1: Go down on them to save them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, they open up the vent and they see these two people and they're like, ah, oh, it's just two teens having, like, a ghost and a teen having sex. <laughs> I love that idea. That's pretty good. I feel like <laughs> that's the best use of
0: that time.
1: Well, all right, fine. Sounds like we got our episode done. Uh, shortest episode in the world. But we are the World of Podcasting's first married team. So...
0: That's probably true, and I won't bother to do any kind of research. I think people probably
1: claim it, but they're not actually married because mm-hmm. uh, people who are married don't like each other enough to spend time like that together. So, they don't, uh, we're the only people who experience real love. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for other people if they're not as in love with each other as we are. It's gotta be exhausting. <laughs> I know, to like go through those motions, and <laughs> they watch people like us and like, they did a fun trip to the park. We should do it too. That's what people like. I feel bad because there's a lot of weight to carry on our shoulders to inspire others to love. But um
0: it is, but uh as the love superheroes, mm-hmm. it's something that we're driven to do. Love superheroes.
1: Yeah. Wow. wow. They should be making movies about us just holding hands and solving crimes.
0: They will someday. You'll be dead by then.
1: Maybe you'll get a cameo in it.
0: I think I will. I'll be yeah. old and grizzled, sitting mm-hmm. in a chair. <laughs> Then someone will come out and write on Reddit, like, those two were assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing
1: as horrible as Ed and Lorraine Warren, but he's like, I heard he masturbated a lot. That guy had
0: issues. (laughs) They they thought they were really funny, and they were not funny. (laughs) To see this movie glorifying them is really kind of gross, (laughs) because anyone who's spent any amount of time with them uh, knows that they were late to everything. (laughs) We're late to. Are we late to everything? You're late to everything, and I'm married to you, so now we're late to everything. Am I late to everything? I don't think I am. Yeah, you're late to
1: everything. Give me an example of that. You're. (laughs) of being late to everything? Don't say our wedding. I was on time for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When we were going to get piercings and where I was like, we're 15 minutes late now. You're like, everyone's 15 minutes late for everything. And I'm like, no, they're not. all the time. You're you're admitting right now that you're 15 minutes late to everything. (laughs) It's far away. It's
1: on the other end of two towns and we were stuck in traffic. So I don't blame myself at all for that. Whatever. That one's a non-event pick something else what is <laughs> another example <laughs> he was
0: late to everything and she farted all the time <laughs> all the time and she never stopped complaining they were insufferable to be arounds but oh, there will be complain. this glistening <clears throat> I complain all the time but there will be this glistening movie mm-hmm. in which we will have the best love
1: well all right fine so podcasting's first married couple has just finished uh, another episode and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to write or you're going to write this out I love that I get to sit back and just enjoy the ride on this season. <laughs> I'll have to do the next season. We'll oh, to...
0: that would be fun if you want to. I like the way you write.
1: We'll have to pick I something that's specific to being a middle-aged
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on what we roll, baby. Somebody this was is the a, luck of the roll, dude.
1: Someone who's trying to have a, a sex life... But instead of turning into a werewolf, he's just a guy that takes a lot of naps and he's tired all the time. Mm. That's something I could certainly write. Yeah.
0: Lots of naps, lots of emodium. <laughs> it's
1: true. <laughs> I didn't know the world I had to learn about my butt problems. I get that.
0: There's no way you haven't talked about your butt problems. I don't think I talked that much your about Your whole diarrhea. first book is about your diarrhea.
1: Nobody in the podcasting world knows about my first book and all the diarrhea I had. It's
0: called No One Ex- Expects the Tiny Man. I think you can still find it online.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you can. I think that thing disappeared.
0: Uh, but it's all about Glenn's love of feet. I don't have a love of feet. His extensive diarrhea. The
1: the evil person that's the bad guy uses their feet to control other people. I hate feet.
0: The feet are the bad guy. Plus, <laughs> it gives the you diarrhea. Thing a foot holding a quill pen.
1: Because <laughs> that's our joke.
0: <laughs> I made you love feet.
1: I hate feet. <laughs> All right, fine. We're going love bye. love feet. See you next week or whenever we do one of these. Hey, I hate feet. Fuck off. We're going to be podcasting's first freshly divorced couple. <laughs> Don't you? I
0: will burn your house,
1: Dad. Okay. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, bye. in a week or two. to contact us don't this isn't about you but if you have to my email is glenn.nuzzles n-u-z-z-l-e-s at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter uh, at house nuzzle uh but don't bother us because we're too busy working